All right, so we are here with new guests today, Courtney. Uh, today we have Barbara Tracy and Liz Glauer. Welcome. Welcome. Hi. So, so go ahead. Why don't you tell our listeners who, what you do, what your, what your goals are here. I am an instructor at the Harvard Graduate School of Education, and I am also a consultant that works with organizations on personalized and digital learning. Wonderful. Yeah. Including iNACOL. Um, and Liz and I have worked together over the past year and a half or so um, investigating leadership competencies for student-centered learning. Oh, very interesting. Learner-centered learning. <laughs> it feels weird to say it that way. Yeah. Learner-centered learning. Yeah, but, it's, but it's it feels right better. It yes, goes better. feels much better. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Because we're including adults with yes. Golson. That's right. Um, and I'm Liz Guala, and... Um, and now doing um, consulting with a bunch of different organizations, including INACOL. And just want to echo what um, Barbara said, some of the most fun we've had in, I'd say, the last year is really looking at what's different um, or essential about leadership in learning-centered environments. So, so what have you discovered? What, is, what are your thoughts on what is important for leaders in this new learning environment? Um, we discovered a lot because yeah. we spent a lot of time um, interviewing people and doing an extensive literature review. Um, we boiled it down into eight key areas uh -huh. um, and did a webinar for INACO on that, which will detail it much more than we're talking about. But I think one of the things that, um, and I'll let Barbara add, because I'm just going to talk about one. One of the things that I really thought was significant is that um, these leaders have a lot of courage and they're willing to engage in very difficult discussions and are very persuasive in trying to help move people into those discussions, listening to what people say and being able to offer um, other points of view in a respectful kind of way so that they can move the work forward. Yeah. Another, another important insight um, and a really moving kind of driving force behind a lot of the initiatives and the passion and the leaders that we talk to and in the literature that's emerging is a commitment to equity being why people are getting involved in this and what they're bringing to the work not that there is a complete understanding on how to keep the focus on equity in the center of the work that's one of the questions that they also pose to us as as they move forward, but a driving force in why get involved in, in student-centered or learner-centered learning is to try to um, think about ways to address the, the long-standing and historic gaps and inequities that have been at the core of our system and trying to find a way to finally address that in a robust way. And part of that is sort of related to the equity and builds on it, but it's another key finding, is the schools um, and learning environments that have been most successful have really extensive community involvement beyond just students and um, teachers, but it's also parents, business, higher ed, community organizations. So what you really have is this whole concept of a learning environment in which everyone's a learner and everyone's a participant. And so that's why Learner Center is 
more relevant in the terminology than just students. Agreed. Yeah, we totally agree with you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree. We, we consciously use um, uh, learner instead, and you know, whenever we're hear someone or talking about or writing, we want to say student, stop, you know, learner. Um, so I think well, I think language is an important part of like all of this shift, and so making sure we say that is really. So I, I really appreciate that that is that is what you're talking about with learner-centered learning. We talk about it's different, but how, what are you seeing with uh, the people that you help about the leadership? Is, is there willingness? Is there? Do they have that? Yes, we need to do this, but we don't know how. Where where does that all start for the people who, who you talk to? One of the things that I think we heard in our interviews and and our research was the leaders are realizing they can't do, do it themselves, that a traditional view of the leader, you know, there being a leader or a leader and an assistant leader that are kind of in charge and are supposed to know, you know, know how to do things and declare the vision, the leaders are struggling and looking for and seeking a way to be much more inclusive in the leadership role, and in fact, something Liz and I talked about a lot in our pursuit was, is you know, is leadership a function? Is leadership something that is that has to be understood as as um, a responsibility that might be distributed in lots of different ways, and that people are assuming as the movement to these new models keeps expanding. The skills that are needed, the skills are changing, and the skills may be evidenced in all parts of the building or in all parts of the district or an organization, and, and leadership understanding how to embrace the need for lots of, lots of people to help in the process. So thinking about new definition of leadership and really broadening our understanding of where, where to find leadership in a building or in an organization. So leadership's more inclusive. Um, and I'd have to say there was a difference in um, who we, we interviewed people who were practitioners who had been at it for a while. And, and in some of the consulting work that I do, it's with people who are just getting started. And this whole notion of creating more inclusive leadership and shifting some of the power dynamics is something that's a little uncomfortable when you're first starting. Sure. And so what happens, and we talk about it some, is if you're just starting, it's different than if you've been at it for three or four years. Yep. And what are the differences in the dynamics and leadership and the roles that people play depending upon how long they've been in the process? I think that uncomfortableness is where the, that learning happens for leaders. I mean, it's that initial, I don't know what I'm doing, and that's very scary for any type of leader. But I, I like how you said, you know, the more you get into it, the more you realize you can you can make this change, and, and it evolves and it changes. Uh, this has been a fascinating conversation about leadership. It, it really is. Uh, that I like how you said that it was it was more inclusive and you can find leaders anywhere in buildings and schools and just our old traditional systems. In communities. In communities. Yeah. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Abs no, you're absolutely right. Thank us. you. Yeah. Uh, that they are everywhere, but our old systems don't allow for that because that's just not the way it was. And I like that that conversation is out there now that you can find leaders 
anywhere, including our kids. That's I was yeah. say, including, including our kids. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's always part of it. It's yeah. if we mean anywhere, why not mean anywhere? And I like that how that's happened. So it's been lots of fun working on this. Yes, it Absolutely. has. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, these are great conversations with people. So thank you so much. Thank you. This thank has you. been fabulous. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah, lovely. Thanks.